fighting for freedom every day. You as the individual, you have the power. You don't have to join a union. You go in as an entry-level position. You get the experience that you need. And then as you work up, you get better at your job, which means they pay you more. If they don't pay you more, then you go to another company to show what you've learned and what your value is to where you can get more. If they really don't like that, then you can go and start your own damn business because we have a free market laissez-faire capitalist society allegedly, to where you can actually go off and do your own thing. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Holy cow, what a day it's been. It is a Wednesday, the midweek celebration, one of the best days of the entire week, as we like to say here on the show, the pre-pre-Friday. Tomorrow is St. Patrick's Day, which I've said before is the greatest holiday of the entire year, so I know you're excited about that. And boy, do we have a lot to get to on the program today. Welcome into the show. This is the Voice of Reason. I am Andy Hoosier, broadcasting live. Out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country. Multiple radio stations, TV stations, live streaming, and podcasting. Wherever you may be watching or listening, we appreciate you, your millennial general, reporting for duty like we do every single day. We have a lot to get to today. We had the speech from uh, uh, President Zelensky out of the Ukraine to Congress today. That was kind of an odd setting there. And he spoke trying to ask for additional aid shortly after the Biden administration said they were going to give them some additional aid. What that is, we'll get to here in a little bit. Also, we have some, I know it's a hard conversation for some on the other side of the aisle, but personal responsibility. It's a word that's very triggering for some. I I get it. I get it. But we have some discussion about that. We'll have some fun with it here in a little bit. But I don't want to waste any time. I am super excited to have this guy on the program on our latest in What's Trending. What's trending today? And uh, who better to talk about and break down some of these latest current events of what's going on than the man himself? He is the author of the upcoming book, uh, Political Prisoner, Persecuted, Prosecuted, But Not Silenced. He is also the former uh, campaign chairman for Donald Trump's 2016 presidential campaign. And you can see how well that worked as uh, we saw four years of the Donald Trump administration. Super happy to have on the program with us here, Paul Manafort with us. Paul, how are you, my friend? Very good, Andy. Thank you for having me on today. Hey, I really appreciate you jumping on the program with us. What a mess of a state that we're in right now. Uh, I want to get to a little bit later in the show the, the speech from Zelensky earlier today asking for additional aid. But I know you have a lot of experience working with the Ukrainians, working with the Russians under the Trump administration. Talk through us. Uh, talk us through what the heck's going on right now and why we've seen such a laxidated response from the Biden administration, I think, why we tried to put up a wall for the oil, uh, of buying Russian oil, of uh, the inflation that we're seeing right now. I mean, from your perspective, what are we seeing right now with this whole conflict? Well, the conflict you're seeing is a misreading by Putin of the resolve of the Ukrainian people. Uh, you're right. I did work in Ukraine for 10 years, elected four government, four parliaments uh, and a president. And, and did probably over 150 polls in the state, in the country during that time. And in the course of those polls, I got to have a real good understanding of the people of, of Ukraine. And Ukraine, as you probably know, are, are real, is really a combination of two different uh, countries. The Western Ukraine is more European, meaning Hungarian, Romanian, Polish. And Eastern Ukraine is where the Russian ethnic Ukrainians live. And the Russian Ukrainian ethics, you know, have always felt like the 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 uh, not appreciated younger brother in, inside Ukraine, but because they want to protect their heritage, their culture, their, their language, their Russian Orthodox religion. But, but this is where Putin has misjudged uh, these feelings about the, the, the Eastern Ukrainians. They also want to protect their freedom. 
Mm. And they know what freedom means under Soviet Union, Russia, Russia communist leadership versus the kind of freedom they've had over the last 20 years since they've been independent of Russia. There's no way they want Putin to, uh, to become the titular head or the actual dictator of Ukraine. Putin underestimated that. Frankly, so did Biden. Um, you know, Biden and the West thought that the Ukrainians were just going to fold like, uh, like the Afghanis did, uh, you know, in the aftermath of, of Biden's disastrous uh, pullout of Afghanistan. <laughs> but the Ukrainians are different people. And, uh, and what they need is what they got under President Trump, which was lethal assistance to defend themselves. And they could have used longer a san- the sanctions on the Russian-built pipeline in- through Germany with Nord Stream 2 which is Russia's way of enslaving Western Europe to their oil and gas. Sure. Trump understood that. Uh, and, and it's not, not surprising to me. You look at the Obama administration and the weakness they projected as far as uh, Central Europe was concerned, and you see that Russia took Crimea from Ukraine. They occupied Eastern Ukraine, uh, and, uh, and they were causing problems in Syria. Along comes Trump. Uh, he, he adds lethal equipment to the blankets and food that uh, aid that Obama was given, he wouldn't give uh, uh, lethal aid. Uh, and he put sanctions on Russia. Uh, but then Biden becomes president, and the same foreign policy team that was under Biden, I mean, under Putin, under Obama, joined the Obama administration, uh, the Biden administration, pardon me. It's the same to me, because it's one of the, the same, same people are in... <laughs> The same people are in just different chairs, but they're the same. And the policy, unfortunately, of weakness is the same. Yeah. Putin saw this. And, and, and when Biden stopped giving lethal aid, when Biden you know, approved uh, sank- the removal of sanctions on the pipeline and put, you know, shut down the U.S. Uh, energy production, uh, Putin understood this was his time. And he's been planning this for a while. It was no surprise that he invaded. He's been forecasting this. He's been telling us that. But did that accelerate the equipment and, and lethal assistance to Ukraine? No. It's just starting now under Biden. Biden talks about, oh, he's going to give all his weapons. He should have been doing it last year. The, the Ukrainians are defending themselves with the last remnants of the military aid that Trump gave them. Wow. Uh, and they need replenishment. Uh, it's going to take a little while. They should have the, the Polish wanted to give them the mix. There's no reason why we shouldn't, Biden shouldn't have let that happen. I mean, the mix are no different than javelin missiles. They're, they're tools for Ukraine to use to protect themselves. The Ukrainians aren't saying, come help us defend ourselves. They're saying, give us the tools to defend ourselves. Yeah. That finally, Biden today got some backbone, but it took the president of, of Ukraine speaking to the U.S. Congress. I mean, how absurd is that? It should be the Biden speaking to the U.S. Congress, telling them what he's going to do. Um, yeah, but yeah, Zelensky's proved himself to be a stronger leader. Yeah, well, you're absolutely right. It, it takes the sob story that Zelensky, it took the sob story of seeing bombings of hospitals and stuff for them to actually act and get their stuff in gear to want to do something like this, uh, for them to actually want to put enough sanctions on. Why the delay? Is it because of the partnership that Bidens have had with the Russians in the past? Why such a delay to uh, slow roll on getting aid over to, over to the Ukraine? Because Biden didn't want to upset Putin. Hmm. Because Putin has nuclear weapons. Well, you know what that does? It gets Putin moving into Ukraine. And let me tell you, what, what the, the polls understand is that if, by, if Putin gets away with what he's doing in Ukraine, Moldova, Georgia, Estonia, they're all next. And, and that makes Poland the border to Russia. 
and they're not comfortable about that borderline with Poland. Uh, you know, Biden lives in this world where if he just talks softly, Putin is going to uh, talk softly as well. Well, Putin has a big stick. It isn't very big, but when you're, you don't have anything in your hands, the stick works. Yeah. And Biden has let Putin, and the Germans, which this is amazing, I never thought I would say this, the Germans have actually been stronger than, than, the, than the U.S. in dealing with Putin on this issue. You know, you know, Biden talked about how he put all these banking restrictions on, uh, on, on Russia. Do you know when the banking restrictions take place, start taking place for the oil the banks that deal with oil and, and gas uh, funding? No. June 24th. June 24th. <laughs> That's when they take effect. This is March 15th. Wow. Unbelievable. We're talking with Paul Manafort, the former Trump campaign manager for the 2016 presidential campaign, author of the book, the upcoming book, Political Prisoner. Talk about the state of Ukraine for a second. We hear a lot of talk with individuals saying, wait a second, maybe we shouldn't support Ukraine because of the corruption in their government. They've been really corrupt for a long time. We heard about Hunter Biden working for energy companies out there for a while. We hear about their bio labs now that uh, that are involved from the U.S., Talk about Ukraine, and should we be supporting them? Is that government corrupt? And Zelensky himself, I know he's only been in there for three years or so as a non-politician before. I kind of see him as uh, kind of the Ronald Reagan of the comedian actor prior to that came into politics. But talk about the state of Ukraine and where they came from. Look, we're talking about the freedom of 44 million people. We're talking about the breadbasket of Europe. Uh, we're talking about uh, you know the country that has some very rare minerals that are important for lithium and microchips. I mean, there's there's a lot of strategic interest that we have in Ukraine. Yes, some politicians are corrupt. I mean, we have to keep that up. But but we're talking about the people of Ukraine here, yeah. not the not the, a, a, a small segment of the leadership. And this is a time, for example, to use the the this opportunity uh, to try and deal with some of the corruption going forward. But to to say that some people are corrupt and 44 million people should be enslaved, I don't accept that. Is it the goal of Putin now, because he saw the weakness in U.S. leadership, what was his goal? Was it to reunite the Soviet Union, as you mentioned? Was it just to go and get some of the energy and some of the resources there? Is it to try and bring communism back? What was the end goal here? Uh-oh. Did we lose him? Might have lost him. Paul Manafort, uh, the former uh, campaign manager for the Trump campaign. Paul, are you there? Oh, no, I think we lost him. All right, we'll try and get him back on the show here uh, momentarily. Still on the line. Let's see if we got him back. Paul, are you there, my oh, friend? Yeah. Hey, there we go. He cut out for a minute. Sorry. What I was saying was that Kiev is the, was the, the first capital of Russia, mm. and it has a historic importance in that respect to Putin. So the symbolism of taking back Kiev and Ukraine is, is very relevant to Putin's goal of becoming the, uh, the guy who recreated greater Russia. And by greater Russia, I'm talking about Georgia, Moldova, some of the Baltics. Uh, that's what he sees. He's already enslaved Belarus. Sure. Uh, he's already got a puppet in Kazakhstan. And, uh, and so to him, this, this Ukraine is the next piece in the linchpin of reconstructing uh, the greater Russia. These people want their freedom and, and allowing him to, you know, who's, he's running the third world country, a klepto country. Where, where the kleptomaniacs are his oligarch friends, uh, to let him get away with this, uh, it just not it's, it's not what the United States stands for. Yeah. And it will send a very bad signal to North Korea, to Iran, to China, uh, that, that we don't really want to get into. Uh, we don't want to go down that road. And they're watching. And you know, we're not sending the right signal of strength.
Sure. Last question before we let you go. I know you're busy and we're running short on time here uh, with a couple minutes left, uh, but how far do you think he is willing to go? He had hinted about using nuclear options. He had said that anybody else putting additional sanctions on Russia or aiding Ukraine in sending more resources over there would be an act of war against him and would be something that he would uh, uh, have repercussions with. How far do you think he's willing to go with this? I don't think he goes to nuclear. He doesn't have that. He's a madman, but he's not that bad. <laughs> I think what we have to do is we've got to isolate him. We've got to get China to not buy the oil. We've got to we 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 have to you know continue to to narrow down his options of of where he can go for for markets. And if we do that, he'll find an excuse to uh, to, con- to get concessions uh, in, in a state and, and create a ceasefire. But uh, to let him continue to, to wave the nuclear bomb threat over us, we might as well just give him all of his Eastern Europe. Yeah. Yeah, that is a big concern. Uh, well, I don't think he's seen or expected what devastation he was going to see with what I, the latest number. I saw like 13, 14,000 soldiers, uh, so many other different artillery and planes and everything else that he's lost in this. I don't think that was expected, and I'm sure it's a big blow to his ego, don't you think? You're absolutely right. And, and I talk about this in my book. I mean, I go through the importance of Ukraine to Russia and why it was important for Ukraine to be part of Europe and what we did during my time over there in preparing Ukraine to be a part of Europe. Uh, and if we had done the things and the Europeans had done the things that were important then, we wouldn't be having this this discussion today. Yeah. Amen. Paul Manafort, he is the former Trump uh, campaign manager for the 2016 race, also author of the new book, Political Prisoner, Persecuted, Prosecuted, but Not Silenced. Paul, great to talk to you, my friend. God bless you. We'd love to get you back on again soon. I'd love to have you back. Thank you very much. Hey, appreciate that. Lots more coming up on The Voice of Reason. The Stay Voice here. Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Andy Hoosier here, reminding you not only can you listen to The Voice of Reason on your favorite radio station, but also check out the video of the program on TV and online. We're excited to be working with our partners over at OpsLens to bring The Voice of Reason live every day on their website at OpsLens.com, on the OpsLens app that you can download on any of your smartphones, or on any of the OpsLens social media. It's a great network that broadcasts multiple shows promoting truth, reason, and common sense, reaching thousands of viewers every day, all day long. Plus, while you're there, you can always watch some of the best highlights of the show during the weekends or read our latest opinion columns on topical issues of the day. Also, if you want to interact with me during the program, just leave a comment on their social media or the OpsLens app stream. You can always join the live chat rooms, or if it's easier, just email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. Again, that's HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. This is your show, and we want to hear from you. Why? Because it's time for you to be your own voice of reason in your own community. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You want some more reason throughout the day? Well, now it's easier than ever to find. Here's what you do. Check out the website at HoosierReason.com. There you can find past shows, links to all of our social media, special features, our monthly blogs, and a heck of a lot more. Plus, make sure to check in frequently as we're constantly working to add more goodies that you'll really enjoy. Also, you can always subscribe and follow our social media sites for bonus content, articles that we use on the show, or maybe some additional rants. Yeah, it's all that and so much more. Check it all out at HoosierReason.com. 
bring some reason into your day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today on a midweek celebration. Thanks again to Paul Manafort, the man, the Trump campaign manager for the 2016 presidential race for Donald Trump coming on. And I was not aware that he had spent 10 years in the Ukraine. So that was a fascinating conversation to get uh, the perspective directly from him of what's going on. Definitely some insight. And it really reconfirms that we had talked about on the show already, right? I mean, the fact that we're emotional, that we're reactionary, that we have a political gain here, that he's scared of Putin. I mean, Joe Biden is a weak leader. The Biden administration are weak leaders. They have their own weird political agenda to where they think that they can just do whatever the hell they want. And guess what? And we're going to talk about this a little bit later in after the bottom of the hour, but there are consequences. There are consequences to actions. I know that's a very triggering thing for some on the other side of the aisle because they don't like that. They don't like the fact that we have consequences. There's a cause and effect, an action and a reaction. That's just the way that basic physics works, that when you push something, the the kinetic energy continues to make it move. When you do things, there is a ripple effect. You drop the stone into the pond and the ripple waves continue to happen on and you feel the waves uh, in the ripple throughout the entire pond. That's the way politics works. When you make a political decision, it affects a lot of things. And I don't think the left wing side of the political aisle quite understand that concept. So we'll break that down at the bottom of the hour in just a few minutes here. But uh, very fascinating with what's going on in Russia and Ukraine from someone who's been there and spent a lot of time there politically to see what the heck's going on. So uh, if, if you did miss it today, President Zelensky from the Ukraine did speak to Congress, which he made it quite clear that was very strange on why he had to make the statement to Congress to make the Biden administration react. I go down the road more of, well, they've had a lot of political ties to Russia. They've gotten a lot of money from Russia. They were kind of in bed with Russia. Obviously, we stopped our energy production here in the U.S. to start buying it from Russia and allowed them to make their pipelines. So making this harsh decision of we're going to aid that enemy of Russia right now and we're going to put sanctions on Russia, which, by the way, they're not going to happen until June. That's fascinating as well. Uh, What does that do to the Russian government? It doesn't do anything. They still have access to all the banks right now, apparently, until June. The war could be over by June. It could be over the next 10 days, according to some military experts, where they're like, yeah, Putin really has the next 10 days to do what he set out to do because he's going to run out of resources. He's lost 13 to 14,000 soldiers. He's lost a certain amount of tanks and different aircraft and so on and so forth. He needs to get the job done now or he's not going to be able to get the job done and he's going to have to start withdrawing or it's just going to be consumed into the mass of Ukraine. And Ukraine standing up begging for help for the last little hoorah here because they're running out of resources themselves. So they speak to Congress. And we have to give the sob story. It's always about the children. If it's just the regular people, then to hell with them, right? Hell with them. They can survive. It's okay. It's all political. We don't work that fast. We don't move that quickly. But the children, oh, the children are being affected with hospitals being bombed and maternity wards being bombed and, you know, uh, long-term care facilities and elderly individuals being bombed. Oh, look at the poor children. All right, guess we better do something. All right, Joe Biden, make something happen. And the reactionary response continues. The emotions. It's not about what's right or wrong when we should have been there from day one stopping an invasion from Russia. Regardless of what you think about corruption from the Ukrainian government, regardless of what you think about the biolabs, that's not a conversation right now. Right now is a conversation of, you know, we don't really agree with one nation like taking over another nation. It's kind of not a thing anymore. That's so like 80 years ago. 
<laughs> That's so like 80 years ago with what happened with World War II. We don't support that mindset now, especially from a guy, again, regardless of what you think about Ukraine, regardless from a guy who's a crazy radical communist who wants to reunite the Soviets, who wants to be the energy hoarder to where even though we could be, quote unquote, against communism in the world, we'd still be buying the massive amounts of oil from OPEC and from Russia that would be the main leader of that in the world when they already are a major producer that would then take over Russia or take over Ukraine that not only has massive energy, but is also like the second or third biggest agricultural exporter in the world as well. Yeah, so corn and wheat and meat and everything else would be controlled by Russia, the communists that we supposedly don't like. I'm not okay with that philosophy. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You know, when I get off the air every day, the battle for me against limited government censorship and even unfactual content is far from over. That's why now I'm so happy to say that the Hoosier Media Network is giving you more opportunity to catch the voice of reason along with other great shows and podcasts. It's been a long time in the works, and now you can finally enjoy more great content, services, and topical shows. We're the safe space for alternative talk, information, and ideas that the mainstream media absolutely hates. From holistic and alternative medicine, discussions on religion and spirituality, hear entertainment shows, and of course yours truly with the voice of reason. Plus, we offer numerous media services, including helping you set up your own podcast, become your own voice of reason, and bring your expertise to any fun issue or topic. For information on all of our shows, links to podcasts, each show website or social media link, or to find out about everything we do to challenge the mainstream establishment, visit our website at HoosierMedia.com. Again, that's HoosierMedia.com, the future of media. When Reason Meets Radio, you're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Don right, you are. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out today. Radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting, wherever you may be watching or listening. Welcome. What the hell took you so long? <laughs> Halfway through the week on our midweek celebration here on the show. Thanks again to Paul Manafort coming on the show. That was just awesome being able to chat with him. We'll get him back on the show again here real soon. Enough about the Russia-Ukraine thing. I know that that's uh, something that you hear about all day long, and you're probably sick and tired of it. So we're going to move away from that one for just a minute. We will keep you apprised as more happens. But uh, this is a real quickly as we do wrap up that conversation. I just want you to think about how little the Biden administration has done to stop Russia, even with their quote unquote sanctions that don't even take effect for another three to four months. That's probably because they actually don't want the sanctions to happen. And as soon as the war is over, even though Joe Biden called him a war criminal, meaning Vladimir Putin, that it's not going to matter. They're still going to release the sanctions because well, we can't be doing that. We trade too much with them. We buy too much energy from them. They buy a lot of our stuff. We, it's just kind of a nice relationship going on. We can't be rocking that boat. So even though they did some horrible things, we're just going to let that slide because of globalism. And you just can't stop a connection when globalism's happening because international trade and things just make it to where, you know what, even if they do bad stuff, we're still connected. Even if we disagree with them ideologically, we're still connected with them. Think about that, left-wing Democrats, as you uh, continue to go down your road of globalism and uh, United Nations and thinking world governments are going to somehow solve the issue. No, it just means we can't do anything when bad stuff actually happens in the world because they have a say in what is the repercussions to themselves. And that doesn't make any sense to me, does it? Not at all. Not at all. All right. Outside of that, let's get into the latest and what's trending. 
What's trending today? So as you know, this program, we like to dive a little bit deeper, unveil the layers of the onion, have a little bit different types of conversations, and make you think a little bit, expanding that cranium a little bit in your head to make you... Did I just repeat myself? Cranium and head. Regardless, making you think a little bit deeper on issues... I have a question for you, and this honestly goes across both political lines on both sides of the aisle with support of this to a degree. When it comes to a little bit of control, a little bit of censorship, or or, as I like to put it, quote-unquote, doing something that doesn't do anything, but it's a feel-good bill. This bill is a feel-good bill, but it's also opening up Pandora's box to allow litigation for really dangerous topics that we'll get to here in just a second. But I want to introduce it by asking you a question. What is the purpose of running a business it's not a rhetorical question what if the legitimately what is the purpose of opening a business maybe to be self-sufficient maybe it'll be able to be your own boss make your own decisions maybe you have a great product that you've come up with you've invented or that you think really needs to be out into the general public for the consumers maybe it's to make money and survive and be self-sufficient in some way, shape, or form. Maybe you're just trying to expand your thoughts to the American dream and wanting to fulfill that American dream of the streets paved with gold and the opportunity for everybody by running your own business. Whatever that purpose is, in order for a business to stay afloat, what has to happen? You have to have good customer service. Got to have good products for people to want to have it. You got to have good prices. And I've always heard... Uh, for those that try to give tips on business owners and new business owners, and stuff, I've heard the tip that you, it's really a triangle and you can never have all three points of the triangle at the same time. You can always have two of them, but never three. I don't know how much of that is necessarily true uh, because I'm an eternal optimist and I'm also a uh, crazy perfectionist. So I try to make all three absolutely happen. But in a business, you try to either have good quality and good prices but maybe a lack of customer service. See, that's where I kind of disagree because I think you can have all those. Uh, You can have good customer service and good products, but then the prices may be a little bit out of the reach of others. Or you can have good customer service and good prices, but the quality may not quite be there. But in the triangle of business ownership, it uh, is a struggle to try and find that happy medium for all three of them. Regardless of your business strategy or your business layout of if you do run a business or choose to run a business, you have to have at least some of those, meaning you have to make some sort of a profit in order to stay in business, right? Now, again, a trigger warning for those on the other side of the aisle, profit is not a bad thing. Profit's not a bad thing. Because you have to, what, entice people to want to come to your shop, entice people to buy your product. You have to advertise, which is why there's radio and TV outlets out there, online outlets for you, to advertise what you're trying to sell, to get people to be enticed to want and go and use or purchase your product. You have to create that revenue. You have to retain customers in order to create, which is why I love the free market capitalist society, as so many knows, because if the government does something you don't like, what do you? What can you do about it? You can't do anything about it except fight it in court, maybe choose a different elected official, try and repeal it. Once the government gets their greedy hands in an industry, do they ever truly let it go? No. And if it's the head of the certain agency or department flavor of the day, then you can't really do anything about it. You can choose a new elected official. They can try and fight it, but they're one of 435 in there trying to do something about it in the House of Representatives. Kind of difficult, especially if it's the head of the EPA or some kind of global warming crap that we have to deal with every day. Meaning you don't have a whole lot of say in the situation. And business, 
If you're a customer and a business does something bad, you can change and not be a customer any longer. They lose revenue, and they can either choose to change their strategy or go under if enough people actually end up leaving and not buying their product any longer. It's a beautiful system that is the free market laissez-faire capitalist system that we supposedly have in this nation. The reason I bring all this up is because this is even, I tried to set the stage for a very controversial topic right now that even some on the right side of the aisle are in support of, and that is uh, working to regulate social media for the argument's sake of addiction in children. Yeah, I know. There's a bill coming out of California right now that's sitting in the legislature, according to the Wall Street Journal, that allows uh, parents to sue social media companies if they feel their child is addicted to their platform. According to the Wall Street Journal, a pair of California lawmakers introduced the bill that aims to hold technology companies liable and accountable for social media addictions that may influence children. The bill would let parents and guardians sue the platforms that they believe addicted children in their care through advertising, push notifications, and design features that promote compulsive use, particularly the continual consumption of harmful content on issues such as eating disorders and suicide. It would hold the companies accountable regardless of whether they deliberately designed their products to be addictive or not. Now, I am about as limited government, not anti-government, obviously, because there's a necessary evil for it. There is some sort of structure that needs to be held for a society to function properly. But I am as about as limited government as you could possibly get. Why in the hell would you have the government allowed to regulate social media for the argument's sake, of course, for the children, just like we did with Ukraine. Now, oh, the children are being harmed. Let's go give them aid finally. Why would you use that argument to try and regulate social media platforms? Now, social media platforms are already regulated a lot. We're already going through battles right now of censorship, of shadow banning, of the corruption that goes on within social media platforms to get rid of a lot of conservative content, which is very frustrating for us on the other side of the aisle to those that are actually running the social media platforms. This bill, though, I am not in favor of in any way, shape, or form. Because, number one, is it the responsibility of the government to allow you to sue TikTok or Facebook or Instagram or YouTube or whatever for being addictive? Or is it your responsibility to make sure the kids don't become addicted? to the social media platform. That's like saying, because I really, really like burgers and I have an issue with burgers and I'm addicted to eating hamburgers, that I can sue fill-in-the-blank burger joint of your choosing for making them addictive. They make them addictive because they want you to go and buy more of them. And while I may get a triple bypass heart surgery because my arteries are clogged from eating too many hamburgers, is that my own damn fault for eating too many hamburgers or is it the fault of the burger joint for making them delicious and me wanting to go buy more of them? This makes zero sense. Of course, it's a California bill, but there's a lot on the other side of the aisle as well. Of like, oh, they're seeing content that they shouldn't see. How dare you, social media, allow that content to be on there, whether it's sexual, whether it's graphic, whether it's people doing really stupid stuff. How dare social media, you allow that type of content to be on there. We need to ban you and, social, and censor you from actually doing that. No, you need to teach your kids that it's not okay to view that stuff. You need to teach your kids that it's not okay to be partaking in that. Or you just need to keep them off social media as long as possible. I have my seven-year-old daughter. She is not on social media. We did get her for Christmas her own iPad tablet. But guess what's on it? No internet access. She has, uh, what is it, uh, the 
ABC Mouse. There you go, the ABC Mouse, where she can play games that are educational. And then she likes to take little selfies and take videos of her playing with her Barbies. That's what she does on it. She does not have social media. She will not get social media. She does not have a cell phone and will not have a cell phone until she starts driving in high school. I don't care that her middle school friends in a couple of years are going to be getting a cell phone and think it's really cool to play games on there and text all the time. She's not getting one. She's not, and if she wants one, she can go and get a job and pay for it for herself, and then she can have all the control over it that she wants. But we really have to stop taking away the personal responsibility here for individuals and blaming it on somebody else, because this type of bill, if this passes, opens up a massive Pandora's box for a whole lot of other issues. Like what, Andy? Well, for guns, for example. Well, the gun shot somebody, so therefore, instead of punishing the person because they're a victim of society, they were downtrodden, they had uh, opportunities to you know, do bad things, and they had a rough livelihood and environment around them that caused it, we need to sue the gun manufacturer. And you've heard that argument many times before. Cars. There's another issue right now. Who's responsible if a Tesla car that's on autopilot ends up killing someone? I don't know. Because I'm not going to take the chance of letting a car be on autopilot and drive without me. I'm going to be in control of the situation so I can have the responsibility. But others are going to be like, ah, it was an autopilot. I had no clue. It wasn't my fault if someone dies and I get into a car accident. For some reason in society, and I think my generation's really kind of led this charge, we love trying to pass the blame, be the victim, and never take responsibility for an action because it's not our fault. We didn't do it. We didn't want to do it. Whatever. It's not our fault. I'm the victim here. You can't get mad at me. I'm the victim. Look at Alec Baldwin with his whole shooting incident. I'm the victim here. You can't blame me for shooting somebody on set. I didn't know it was loaded. Did you check it? No, they told me it was. Oh, okay. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Andy Hoosier here reminding you not only can you listen to The Voice of Reason on your favorite radio station, but also check out the video of the program on TV and online. We're excited to be working with our partners over at OpsLens to bring The Voice of Reason live every day on their website at OpsLens.com, on the OpsLens app that you can download on any of your smartphones, or on any of the OpsLens social media. It's a great network that broadcasts multiple shows promoting truth, reason, and common sense, reaching thousands of viewers every day, all day long. Plus, while you're there, you can always watch some of the best highlights of the show during the weekends or read our latest opinion columns on topical issues of the day. Also, if you want to interact with me during the program, just leave a comment on their social media or the OpsLens app stream. You can always join the live chat rooms, or if it's easier, just email me at network at gmail.com. Again, that's network at gmail.com. This is your show, and we want to hear from you. Why? Because it's time for you to be your own voice of reason in your own community. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You want some more reason throughout the day? Well, now it's easier than ever to find. Here's what you do. Check out the website at HoosierReason.com. There you can find past shows, links to all of our social media, special features, our monthly blogs, and a heck of a lot more. Plus, make sure to check in frequently as we're constantly working to add more goodies that you'll really enjoy. Also, you can always subscribe and follow our social media sites for bonus content, articles that we use on the show, or maybe some additional rants. Yeah, it's all that and so much more. Check it all out at HoosierReason.com.
Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. I'm honestly trying to think how a legal suit like that would work by trying to sue a social media company for being too addictive for their children. By obviously having the notifications, by having certain content, by having certain advertisements. By like You're not allowed to be as attractive of a product as what you want to be because it's too addictive for my children. And they're becoming addicted to social media. Therefore, you need to calm down the awesomeness of your app. Like, is that what we're really trying to say here? Because we don't know self-control. We're not being taught self-control. We're not being tro- uh, taught that self-control is kind of an important thing, that there's an action to a reaction, that you're not a victim, that you actually need to take your life back into your own hands and make your own damn decisions rather than just letting it just be out there. That y- We're literally trying to tell a business, like we tried to reference with leading up to this, was the fact that, hey, a business advertises and markets itself to be uh, attractive for its product or its services so that way people continue to come back to them. Social media, if they had the choice, would love someone to be on their social media app 24 hours a day. They would love that. That's what they strive for. They want the advertisements on there. They want that stuff. So should you have the right to sue them for addiction with children? Because children are addicted to the social media. Or should we just be saying, hey, don't spend so much time on social media because uh, it's going to rot your brain. Remember that when we got told that playing video games as a kid? I grew up in the 90s, obviously. I was born, and I hate to say this on the radio, because every time I say my age on the radio, people are like, you're too young to have world life experience. You can't tell us how the political world goes. And I think I've done very good, I think, trying to prove myself that I know what I'm talking about, but I hate saying my age on the radio, but I'm a 90s kid. I grew up mostly in the 90s, and I remember playing those video games like the very first uh, uh, Super Mario and the very first uh, Nintendo and the Super Nintendo and some of that stuff, the Sega when it came out, that they're like, oh, you can only play an hour or two or else your brain's going to rot. It's going to hurt your eyes. Your brain's going to rot. You're not going to remember your stuff at school. You're going to be really dumb. You don't want to do that. Now, thanks, parents. Uh, Now you have kids that are like 10 years old making $10 million on YouTube for playing online. So if I just would have had, <laughs> if I would have had that support as a kid, I could be a multimillionaire playing video games online right now and having people watch me. But no, you can't be off in an hour a day. Thanks a whole lot. But it could have been addicting and people could have played it a long time as a kid, but we were capped at it. My generation, unfortunately, was really the last generation that got the best of both worlds to where we grew up not quite having computers and video games as an early kid, so we got to still go outside and play and enjoy and understand the benefits of that. And then as we got older into our 
late, I don't know, like not even quite teenage years yet, the 7, 8, 9, 10 years old, then we started seeing video games, computers kind of come in, and uh, we started getting involved. But we had that happy balance between the two. So I understand that video games, that phones, that social media is extremely addictive, but at the same time, that's not the response. I'm going to say this very loud again for, for those that may not understand. That's not the responsibility of the social media website to downplay their app for people to not want to be on it. It's our responsibility as an individual, as the parent, and as the kid. It's our responsibility to not be addicted to it. And while there's addictive behaviors of many individuals, obviously then you need to recognize those. Hey, I have an addictive personality. Maybe I shouldn't get on this site because then I wouldn't be able to get off. It's okay. That's cool. Let's help you with that. Not saying, oh, we're going to hold the social media accountable for being too addictive for our children. That's just really stupid. Speaking of lacking of uh, personal responsibility, here's another issue. And for businesses that you may or may not want to associate with or work with, the latest from Newsmax is the company of Citigroup. You know, Citigroup that does financial things for you. They've started covering travel expenses for employees who go out of state for abortions. Yeah. So in many states, leading the charge really with the state of Texas that's trying to ban abortions in their states, the company of Citigroup has now said that if you want an abortion, we will cover it through a business expense to travel and and let you travel to another state to get that abortion performed on you. Now, obviously, it's a political statement because they don't like the abortion laws that Texas and other places are trying to put in place. But wow. Now, again, to me, being as conservative and religious as I am, I'm completely against abortion in that sense. Uh, And I don't see that being a health issue in any way, shape or form because of the small percentage of actual, you know, health related abortions that are taking place. But nonetheless, I'm curious if City Citibank or Citigroup also um, covers my trip to the beach because, well, I glow in the dark and I have a vitamin D deficiency, so I need more sun. It's a medical issue, right? I need that. Um, What about, I don't know, detox centers? What about heart surgeries? I need to go to a specialist down the in, in another city, in another state. Can you pay for that as a company, as a business expense? Can you cover that for me? No, no, no. Just charge that through your insurance and just file bankruptcy afterwards, the medical bankruptcy. But by that, if you need an abortion, we'll travel and we'll get you to the next state. Don't worry about it. The hypocrisy is insane just for the political beliefs. That does it for us today. Podcast up in just a little bit. Until then, be your own voice of reason. It's time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. Everybody have a great day. This is The Voice of Reason. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You know, when I get off the air every day, the battle for me against limited government, censorship, and even unfactual content is far from over. That's why now I'm so happy to say that the Hoosier Media Network is giving you more opportunity to catch The Voice of Reason along with other great shows and podcasts. It's been a long time in the works, and now you can finally enjoy more great content, services, and topical shows. We're the safe space for alternative talk, information, and ideas that the mainstream media absolutely hates. From holistic and alternative medicine, discussions on religion and spirituality, hear entertainment shows, and of course yours truly with the voice of reason. Plus, we offer numerous media services, including helping you set up your own podcast, become your own voice of reason, and bring your expertise to any fun issue or topic. For information on all of our shows, links to podcasts, each show website or social media link, or to find out about everything we do to challenge the mainstream establishment, visit our website at HoosierMedia.com. Again, that's HoosierMedia.com, the future of media.